It is a Winans Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. On today's show, Jacob Winans is back to discuss his reaction to the Panthers opening night roster. We're also going to talk more in depth about the decor and whether they are good enough to hold the fort this season. And we are going to discuss what would be considered a successful season for the Florida Panthers in 2022-2023. We're going to discuss that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to this Wednesday, October 12th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey and Locked On NHL. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. And I know this is a song used mostly for Christmas time, but it really is the most wonderful time of the year if you happen to be a sports fan because even even though I just came back from my day job just a, a few, like an hour ago, checking in all the scores of the Major League Baseball postseason right now with the Philadelphia Phillies defeating the Atlanta Braves. It's like, oh man, the Phillies won. The, the damn it, the Phillies won. But yes, the the Braves lost. At least for me as a Marlins fan. And a full slate of baseball games going on today. And then opening night for the NHL season with the New York Rangers hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning at Madison Square Garden and the LA Kings facing off against the the Vegas Golden Knights. So just really the most wonderful time of year, but it's crazy. The The Panthers don't start until Thursday, but we still have quite a, a bit to talk about on this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. So let me bring in my guest here on the show, Jacob Winans on another Winans Wednesday. And we are discussing this right, like literally like 10 minutes before puck drop at Madison Square Garden and first pitch between Jacob's New York Yankees versus the Cleveland Guardians. So, Jacob, how are you feeling, my man? Oh, man. Like you said, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, finally got some sports coming back. NBA's in the middle of preseason action. That's right around the corner. Um, the NHL puck drops tonight. Tampa versus New York is a headline matchup to, to start that. And the one New York team that I like, the New York Yankees, they've got their playoff game about to get going. So, um, it, it's it's a great time. It's a great time of year. And uh, the NFL's in full swing as well. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just enjoying it. And, and for once, it seems like pretty much all of the teams I support are in a good position. The, the Cowboys are winning. The Yankees are, are in the playoffs. Panthers look like they're going to be good. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can't complain. I'm enjoying it. The Heat are always relevant, too. And the Heat, the heat are always a contender. Yeah. So, it, and it sucks that the Miami Heat's opening night is the very same day as Panthers' home, home opener. They, they, they do. It, it happened again where there's schedule conflicts uh, as far as 
as those two teams. By the way, go listen to Locked on Heat with David Ramil and Wes Goldberg if you want all your Miami Heat analysis. But, Jacob, it's been it's been a crazy few days. Uh, I described it yesterday as the fruits of their labor as far as what's happened as far as Keith Yandel's buyout last year, the the cap situation, Sergey Bobrovsky's big cap hit, and now seeing where the roster stands with tw- exactly 20 players. I want to give you the floor for a few minutes on and have you provide a wellness check on what you think of the current Florida Panthers roster that they have they have put ahead of opening night on Thursday. Well, um, it's a little bit scary. I'm uh, not going to lie. Anytime you go into the season with a roster that includes no no healthy scratches, you're playing a bit of a dangerous game um, where there's there's no room for for injuries. There's uh, no room to replace guys who are performing poorly. Uh, it's, it's very much a, a, a situation where everyone has to hit the ground running. No one can play subpar hockey. I mean, there's they, everyone has to do their job and do it well because there's really no one behind them to take that job from them um, without a whole waivers, uh, AHL demotion process, calling somebody up to replace. It's, uh, and then when you get into that, it's not like these, the replacements are guys who are practicing. Uh, with the team so the concern lies where you have your 20 guys who who play you have three healthy scratches usually those three healthy scratches are practicing they're acclimated to the system they're they're ready to just jump right in and play when you don't have those healthy scratches any replacements are coming directly from the minor leagues there's not going to be a lot of practice time they just have to jump right into the lineup and there's no time to get acclimated so it very much is a, a zero margin for error type of situation here and really zero margin for injury um, because uh, as we know, any injury uh, that would free up cap space to bring up a replacement would either be a goalie on an emergency recall basis, or it would be a skater and the injury would have to be at least a one week injury uh, to put them on IR and have the cap space to replace them. So uh, it's, it's a tough situation the Panthers are in right now. The, the salary cap is, is taking its bite out of the Panthers in a big way this season, at least to start. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of things can change from now until even a month from now or 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 even when January 1 hits of 2023. But And Doug Plagans spoke about this on Territory Talk the other day. It's the, the, the opening night lineup that you see isn't always the lineup that you finish with. And you spoke about it best. Zero margin for error uh, on when it comes to injuries especially. I mean, we, we, sp- we talk about... Aaron Eckblad and and Gus Forsling as that as that pair and of course Aaron Eckblad not being healthy the last two two seasons uh at, at least towards the second half of the seasons and that that's going to be a really focal point uh, on the team and if if any of any of those players go, goes down and injuries are a part of the game this could be a this could pose a very scary situation for for someone to have to be called up but this is also a a big building block year for for a player like Brandon Montour as well, who's seen an increased role. He's been he's been here for a little bit. One thing I was very curious of that that the Panthers haven't announced yet of who's going to wear the A's on the sweater. The only ones that I could see A's at right now are Ekblad, Hornquist, possibly Kachuk, and maybe just maybe Brandon Montour. 
uh, those, those are the players that I see um, with with an A on, on their sweater. And maybe even Carter Verhage. Who knows? We could possibly see a Carter Verhage maybe having an A on his sweater. So that 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 those are it, it's going to really depend on 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 leaders and even if they don't have an a on the sweater of of the guys who have been here for a little bit and saying hey we we've seen a little bit of adversity through the last few seasons i mean think about 2021 the 56 game season where a lot of people thought that this was a bubble playoff team and and they overachieved at the time who's to say that that that, that can't happen again I agree. Uh, the leadership is going to be huge. I think uh, when you talk about the A's on the jerseys, it, uh, Aaron Eckblad to me is the only uh, locked in um, alternate captain. I would say I think he's he's for sure going to have an A. I could I definitely could see Hornquist with one. Uh, Verhage's an interesting option. I could see, and I, I think Sam Bennett is another guy that uh, could be in contention for that. But these are all guys who are vocal leaders, uh, guys who are um, expected to to carry the load uh, both on the ice and off the ice. Um, Kachuk is another one. So I, I don't think I don't think leadership or culture are going to be a problem. Um, I think we have the the leaders and the experience now where where guys know what it takes. Um, but like you said, it's it's a situation where a lot of people are sleeping on the Panthers this year, think that they regressed uh, in a massive way in the offseason. And on paper, I, I would say that for the most part, that is correct. There's a lot of guys that are that did not return for this season that were key parts of last year. But with that said, I think I think Bill Zito did a really good job replacing and filling a lot of those holes with under the radar uh, bargain signings. And all it takes is for one or two of those to really break out and really uh, jump into uh, a bigger role and, and higher production. And we're right back where we were last year. Uh, you think of a guy like Carter Verhage or a guy like Anthony Duclair, um, who will be back at some point this season as well. So he'll, he will automatically be a big boost to the lineup, but think about guys like that who were signed for cheap and immediately stepped in and produced in a big way. And I think we have a couple of those guys on the roster right now. Uh, you look at Rudolph, Rudolph Balsers, who's going to be in the top six. It looks like to start the year. Um, that's a guy who could absolutely have a card over Hagee like breakout uh, a guy like Colin white, who's dealt with a ton of injuries, but the skill has always been there. He's a talented player, good defensively has some offense to his game. I, he's another guy who could really break out. And if he finds chemistry with, with Anton Lindell on that third line, we're talking about uh, a really good season for him. And then even some guys in-house. We're expecting a big jump from Anton Lindell this year. Uh, we're expecting uh, from all all signs, all indications, it looks like E2 Lusterinen has had a massive offseason and looks like he's ready to step into a much bigger role. So these are there's a lot of guys in-house that I think are, are ready to take that next step. Uh, Gus Forsling, Brendan Montour. We're, we're definitely not in a position where we're we're hurting for talent. We have it. Uh, we just have to see how it all comes together. And, and like we said, there's not a whole lot of margin for error, so it, it has to. You know, I think, hmm. and I think I know why there's so much worry in this fan base as well for for this team because we're we're not used to this team making the playoffs for so many years. And I think with so many bad years of this team about being mediocre, even outside of the tank years of 2011 to 2014, with the exception of 2012, is that they'll be in the chase and then they'll flame out towards the end of the regular season. But this, this team is a, in a completely different echelon now for the, for where where they are as far as contending they're at least the they're at least a tier two contender right now in in the nhl 
I, I don't think they're Stanley Cup champion by any and spoiler alert. <laughs> I don't think they are uh, this year. But as far as as far as as far as what they built from the guys that they have drafted o- over over the years, Barkoff and Ekblad specifically, uh, and and building the the players around them, and of course the the grittiness and the toughness that of the players that Bill Bill Zito has brought. You mentioned for Hagee. You, you you mentioned Sam Bennett, who who left a poor situation at the time for him in Calgary, and and players who have maybe might have been forgotten on other teams who get their second chance and they 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 flourish with it. Who 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 who's to say that Rudolph Balsers can't be that guy like you mentioned earlier? And and great preseason for him as well. And and that's that's the thing. The the games still do need to be played. That's that's the, that's the great thing about this because. Everything says everything on paper says that the that the Panthers are going to take a step back, but once these games are played and we and it, and it's so hard to read from the preseason as well when every not everybody played together as well of of how this team really is going to look. Of course, there's the the jury's still out on Mark Stahl and whether he can he can be a a, a middle pairing uh, defenseman at, at his age as well. So there's still a lot of there there. You said. This roster doesn't lack talent, but there's still a little bit of question marks here and there. But it's not as many as we were wondering just a few years ago. Definitely, uh, we're not in a, a situation anymore where we're where we should be a fringe team that's just trying to to sneak in the back door of the playoffs. This is a team that should still win a bunch of games. This is a team that should expect to get to the playoffs and contend when they get there. Um, and, and again, you brought up a very, very important point uh, when you mentioned that the, the opening night roster is never the roster that you finish the season with. We have a massive reinforcement coming to our forward core uh, mid-season between December and January when Anthony Duclair gets back in the lineup. That is absolutely huge. That's a 30-goal scorer. Then defensively, I fully expect, one, we're going to have improvements in-house. Uh, development is key. And the Panthers have guys who are developing at a good enough rate where by midseason, they're going to be entirely different players than they are right now. But by the time you get to the trade deadline, that's when you really put together your final roster for the rest of the year. I don't see any any conceivable way that this is the roster we carry into the playoffs uh, and we do nothing at the trade deadline. And I know the big concern is, you know, we have no first, uh, very few seconds. We, we don't have the assets to trade for a big name defenseman. You don't necessarily need a big name defenseman at the trade deadline. All you need is a serviceable veteran who can fill a second pair role or can fill a third pair role or can be a depth defenseman. Uh, I mean, we look at last year, Colorado at the trade deadline, not necessarily defense, but they get to the trade deadline. Andrew Cogliano is not a guy who's, who's blowing anybody away and it didn't cost them really anything, but he ended up coming up huge in the playoffs and was a big part of their, their Stanley cup roster. The Penguins over the years, always adding someone at the deadline for cheap, usually defensemen like Ron Hainsey, uh, guys who are veterans have been there and, and, and done everything. And they get them for cheap at the deadline and carry that into the playoffs. That's what we're looking at now. The core is in place. We don't need to add a superstar. We don't need to chase the big fish like Claude Giroux at the deadline again. All we need to do is fill these little holes when we get there. And that's what we carry into the playoffs. So as long as our roster right now is good enough to get us to the trade deadline in a good, in a good position, we're going to be okay. Mm. And there's different milestones throughout the season. Well, miles, uh, different way, different periods of time, excuse me, of judging your team. We, a lot of, a lot of us talk about American Thanksgiving. 
New Year, trade deadline, and and those those are the different types of different stages of the season where it's like where where are the Panthers at? The next one that we'll definitely get to later on is American Thanksgiving, uh, that's for sure. But we're going to transition over to segment number two, where we're going to talk about the defense course and specifically focus on 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 that part of the lineup. And we're going to discuss whether they are good enough to hold the fort uh, this season. We're going to discuss that next here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about Simply Safe. And the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their homes. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. As Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered with 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection and advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real. And even hazardous sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real, so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash lockdownNHL. Save 20% off of, of your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash lockdownNHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Second segment here on this Winans Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Jacob Winans is back here on this edition of the show. And Jacob decided to, we were discussing in our Panther Parkway chat the other day, but also I decided to do a little bit of additional research on where the Panthers stand as far as oldest roster and experience. They're still the 15th oldest roster in the NHL, which is, Pretty, pretty, pretty good sign for a team that's heading heading into the into, I, I would say a decent direction. Of course, Presence Trophy and a, and a few changes after that, but still in a position to for for longevity, uh, for for this team, the eighth most experience as far as games played in the NHL, number eighth in the league. But here's the here's is the the stat for the Panthers that really caught my eye as far as height weight distribution for the Panthers. And this isn't about body shaming any players or anything, but it's just really about the personnel that they have at their disposal. So as far as the lightest team in the NHL, the Panthers are number fourth uh, as far as lightest team in the NHL, as far as, and we look at the defense core specifically, uh, Tom McLean uh, shared a screenshot of all the players from hockey references and their weight and height. And the biggest and tallest guy are Mark Stahl and Aaron Ekblad at both, both of them are six, four Ekblad at two sixteen, Mark Stahl at two thirteen, And really when it comes down to the defense and winning board battles and boxing other players out in front of the net to prevent tip-ins, I think of specifically game four of round round one against the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2021, where it felt like every single goal was like tipped in right in front of the net. J- Jacob, uh, 
with with where the Panthers stand as far as their as far as their 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 weight as as far as the personnel on their roster, it, it's gonna it, it it I think it's valid to be a little bit concerned about where where the where this team stands as far as that department. I agree. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not on here to like you said. I'm not on here to knock anyone on the team for for their body composition. I mean, they're, they're, they're professional athletes. They get there how they get there. And mm-hmm. if they're good enough at their current height and weight, then then perfectly fine. Uh, I'm a really skinny dude myself. <laughs> and I, I've played <laughs> I've played sports my whole life. So, it, you know, is what it is. But um, as far as the style of play that you need to win in the NHL, um, at some point over the course of the season, whether that's at the trade deadline or any other time during the year, the Panthers are definitely going to have to add some some muscle back there um not necessarily a, a four alarm fire to go do that immediately but um because again the regular season is very much a speed and skill based game uh, the physicality doesn't really ramp up as much until closer to the end of the year uh at, by that point the panthers will have had time to add some some size and muscle um but yeah it, it's definitely a little bit of a cause for concern when you look across the division you see teams like boston uh, who've got a ton of size and strength teams like Tampa, who their entire decor really is 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 a bunch of tanks. Um, it's these are the teams that 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 have been winning games in our division, and they've definitely used that to their advantage. Um, even Toronto has some some big bodies back there. Uh, they have a good mix of size and skill, and um, I, I think I think that's something the Panthers are going to have to contend with. But um, yeah, like we like we talked about, the regular season is is more of a speed skill game. We we have enough we have enough to survive. Um, that that's really all we need. We just need to survive in a playoff position until we can bring in those upgrades, and and some veteran some veteran defensemen uh, with big bodies, not necessarily super expensive to find um, later on at the trade deadline. You can usually get a good veteran who can play 15, 20 minutes a night for a mid round pick or a mid level prospect. Uh, on an expiring contract that's that's usually how it is um i don't think it's a major cause for concern uh but it's definitely something to look at because if aaron ekblad's your biggest and strongest defenseman he's not exactly a bruiser uh, he's he's a fantastic defenseman but but physicality is not the name of his game uh mark stall on the other hand definitely a physical defenseman uh doesn't have the the foot speed as much anymore but he's a physical guy and then radko gudis of course plays well above his size uh, that's he's a he's a smaller guy, maybe six feet tall, um, maybe 200 pounds, uh, but he he plays a lot bigger and stronger than that. So uh, I don't think I don't think we're we're living and dying by the size of our defense, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on because it, it does it does take its toll. And uh, for a team that needs health this year, we can't afford to have guys out because we have such a cap uh, salary cap crunch. Um, you'd like to see a little bit more size and durability back there, but it's this is what we're rolling with. So we're, we're going to have to see how it plays out and, and trust the speed and skill and the instincts to avoid some of those bigger hits. Yeah, and that, and really the focus that Paul Maurice has spoken about, at least today, he's spoke really about about a defenseman's ability to like close in gaps as well, and and all. So that's really ha- ha- his focus on it, and. Josh um, Josh Mahura uh, just coming into the mix for for the Panthers arrived at arrived in South Florida at 6 a.m. He he spoke to the media today sp- talking about how he 
took a red eye took took a red eye from California all, all the way over here and made it to practice so he's going to get just two practices in uh for for his uh for for his Panthers debut coming in uh on Thursday so it's going to of course real game speed is, is the best way to get acclimated to 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 the team of course but man not having a full week of practice seeing that is is a little a little concern concerning for me and I, I mean but the good news is it feels like once again I, I spoke about this yesterday that that Brandon Montour hope what's hopefully hopefully we see out of him is having a consistent D partner throughout the throughout the season because he was always the guy on that third pair last year with coach Q and Paul Maurice as the guy who always had that player who, who was switched around who had a different sing partner every single time but now it seems that with his role increased really and likely going to get more minutes especially on the power play being the quarterback now now we get to see maybe a kind of a different level now Uyghur's gone of course that of course it it doesn't I'm not expecting Brandon Montour to be exactly like Mackenzie Uyghur they're two completely different players I think I think uh, Montour is slightly a better uh, puck handler than Mackenzie Weger. Uh but I, I think that this is a chance for him to really implement himself in in the lineup, especially if Forsling or Ekblad go down. He's he's going to likely be the first. He chances are he is going to be the first one to be inserted into the top pair because he is a guy who who can also play on both sides as well. Yeah, it's going to be a big year for Brandon Montour. A lot more is going to be asked of him. Uh, I think part of the reason the Panthers felt they could part with Mackenzie Weger was Brandon Montour's huge year uh, last year. After Ekblad went down, he stepped his game up in a huge way, uh, really contributed offensively, was reliable defensively, and he's an underrated skater. Uh, he's a very, very good skater. He covers space fast. Uh, he, he can skate backwards at, uh, much faster than most. He's He's got good transition speed. He's really the modern-day uh, transition defenseman, which is what you need. Um, I think I really think he's going to have an expanded role this year. He's definitely going to be over an over 20 minutes per night type of guy. Uh, quarterback in the power play is a big jump for him career-wise. Um, I hope it sticks because I, I really do prefer Aaron Ekblad as the one-time shooter on that unit uh, versus the point puck handler. I, I like having Ekblad as the the shooter on the on the faceoff circle. I was, if you remember, I was screaming for that in the playoffs mm-hmm. against Tampa. Yep. I was I was begging the Panthers to to use that, and <laughs> I remember. Paul Maurice comes in and, and puts that in. So I, I'm happy with that. Um, I think Brandon Montour is a guy who's going to have a, a much bigger role, and he definitely helps a guy like Josh Mahura coming into the system because they both have that history in Anaheim. Um, both played for the Ducks for a while, uh, so I, I think. I think uh, Montour is a guy that Mahara can lean on when he gets in here, and uh, it's going to be it'll be interesting to see how he acclimates himself. But Brandon Montour is definitely a guy who's going to step up and take on more of a leadership role uh, on the blue line. Yeah, Mahara spoke about how in his very first game with the Anaheim Ducks, that Brandon Montour was his uh, D partner uh, in in his NHL debut, and Mahara is looking more into his history that that he's a guy who could play both sides of the defense as well so there's that flexibility as well much much needed of course Uyghur was that guy uh, and now that he's gone you have 
multiple people who can still, whether it's top pair or third pair, you still have, you, you could, it, it creates more flexibility within the lineup. And in a season like this, and with only 20 players there, you're, you're going to need every single body that you can at, at different parts of the lineup uh, at, asked to do different things. And even in a role that they're uncomfortable, I mean, Uyghur, was playing on his non-natural side for for so long, playing on the left side when he's used to playing on the right. So, kind of kind of a different uh, kind of uh, for these players, they they might be asked to do uh, something a little different. Hey, it's all for for what's be- best for the team and trying to to create a winning culture. Even though uh, there, I I I do fully believe that there there is a culture in that locker room. We spoke earlier in segment one that the core is there. But just everything plugging in to to complement them is, is really what what we what we and the front office are 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 looking for uh for for this team and 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 on paper it doesn't it doesn't look the best but once again this is why this is why you play the games but in the next segment in the third and final segment we are going to ask this question and we are also going to read some fan responses and we're going to ask this question. What would be considered a successful season for the Florida Panthers? We are going to discuss that next on the show here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on this Winans Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Jacob Winans is in the house on this edition of the show. And got to ask this question, Jacob. And what would you consider a successful season for the Florida Panthers as we approach opening night. All right. So my answer with this, uh, for anyone who knows me, this is going to come as a little bit of a surprise because I'm pretty much known as like the most competitive person uh, that anyone really knows. Uh, it's it's kind of my, uh, my downfall sometimes is how competitive I am. I take sports and, and just about everything so seriously uh, when it comes to winning and losing. Um, and uh with that said, I think it's important to realize that this season, I think it's not just success or failure. I think there's a third option there. And I think that third option, I would call it plateau. I think a failure would be missing the playoffs. Yes. Uh, a plateau would be making the playoffs, losing in the first round or making the playoffs, losing in the second round. I think that would indicate that we haven't moved forward, but we haven't necessarily taken a step back. I think, I think that would be a plateau. Um, but I think success that I would consider a successful season for the Panthers is getting out of the second round. Um, I don't necessarily think this is, this is the team that's going to win the Stanley cup in Florida. I, I, I don't necessarily think that I'm not saying it can't happen because once you get to the playoffs, anything is possible. Anything can happen. And every year there's at least one team that makes a run uh, in the playoffs that, that defies their seating. Uh, they upset someone and they go on a roll and uh, chemistry and momentum are huge are huge when it comes to playoff hockey so i'm not saying we can't do it exactly exactly so i'm not saying we can't do it if we get there and we we happen to get an upset and talking about an upset i'm looking at tampa if we get to the playoffs run into tampa in the second round again somehow beat them now we're looking at you know that whatever whatever roster we have at that time i think there's a lot of belief in the room at that point and they could go the whole way but I think a successful season for me is, is getting out of the second round and at least showing uh, that linear progression that, you know, last year we got out of the first round. This year we're getting out of the second round. 
next year, let's take a bigger jump, um, get to the Stanley Cup final. So I think if we show that linear progression, get out of the second round, I, I'm willing to call that a successful season. It, it would be a disappointing end if they lose in the Eastern Conference final, but I would still consider that a successful season. It's funny because you use the word plateau and it doesn't necessarily, based on preseason expectations, saying saying plateau doesn't necessarily, at least the way I receive it, doesn't, I don't see it necessarily as a negative connotation because going from 2021 to the 2022 season, the, 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 the jump was expected already from the Panthers to, to make that next step. It, it, it's, it's not the same this time around. It's okay. I mean, of course, getting 122 points and winning the president's trophy has a lot to do with why, how, how much more up can you get from, from that as far as regular season success? Of course, the the neutral zone was taken away for the Panthers uh, throughout the throughout the postseason, especially. But with the roster, the the lack of cap space, the lack of asset management that they have at their disposal. Of course, yes, the the trade deadline is a a big mile milestone as far as what what's the team that you're gonna take into the the end of the regular season and beyond but as it stands right now getting back to the second round back to back second round appearances for me would would be considered a successful season because you're as far as far as on paper on who we expect to finish in the division whether it's Tampa Bay or Toronto I I guess on paper we we all see that as like a top three uh, who who knows who can make a run? Does Boston have an, anything left in the tank? Does this can Ottawa show that they're just not the off season champions on on paper? Can they actually make a run? But getting out of the first round once again, in my opinion, I'd be very ecstatic about it because this is something that we waited twenty six years for it, but now seeing it for two years in a row, very encouraging. And if if that's a plateau, then I'll I'll gladly take that plateau. For, for the Panthers because that means that that even with even with all that turnover that you still found a way to at least win one round like and you have eight you would have eight more seven more years after that of Barkoff and Kachuk with a bunch of cap space to add more after that so tell me you wouldn't be encouraged by that kind of result for for this season for this season Absolutely. That that's exactly why I brought up the point of plateau to begin with. Is we don't we cannot look at at a plateau this year as a negative. Um, it everyone expects the Panthers to regress. So if they get to the playoffs and get out of the first round, that that's that's defying the the prediction. That that's showing like, hey, we didn't regress. We did the same thing we did last year. We did it with less at, at our disposal. And here's the key: it's every single playoff series you play. Every every playoff series you win, that you're, that's that's adding to the to the experience. It's learning. It's another playoff series win under their belt. They've learned another set of of how to win a playoff series. That's that's more experience they can put under their belt. And every time you win a playoff series, you buy yourself four to seven more games of playoff experience. So, again, a lot of these teams, it takes time for them to build up that kind of playoff experience to finally break through and know how to get it done all the way. And another two sets of playoff games this this coming playoffs, I think that would be a massive success, both for the players' development 
and for and for the where the franchise stands because if you ask Bill Zito, he wouldn't tell you this, but you, you know you know the 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 philosophy in the front office is not building for this year; it's building for next year. Um, when we have a ton of cap space, the Keith Yandel buyout is gone. Um, we have our core locked in for the most part. It's we're building for next summer when we have the cap space to go and and make big additions and fill holes uh, with established veterans, guys who can contribute. Uh, and you know, it, at some point, he may decide he may decide to plug those holes with with one year things or two year things, and 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 maybe look for a, a much bigger fish down the line. So it's 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 definitely a, a long term play. The final end result is not supposed to be this year. Uh, whatever they're able to to take from the playoffs this season is is something that that is invaluable. You can't put you can't measure it. It's important to have, and and we're building for next year and beyond. So I, I'm I personally. I hate losing, but I would I would absolutely consider it a success to to win a playoff series this year and and add that to their resume uh, going forward. And it's funny because when we talk about how oh they're building for next offseason, the sometimes some people can take that as they're punting the season, but not the case at, exactly. at all for 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 the for this team and what where where you see of how of where the the result that they had last year and and not and a good a good portion of this team is still returning uh for for the Panthers. Uh I want to read a little bit of responses of of who of of people who have answered the question what would you consider a successful season? Uh Nick Fairbanks of course you guys know him from Fairbanks Friday. He says playoffs don't care what position. Dave Lasseter says with the decor as it is right now making the playoffs. Tom McLean says third in the Southeast, maybe eighth seed if the point total is up. They're going to lose a lot of five, six games, mark my words. And that brought, I replied saying, oh, that reminds me of the Bob Bugner years. So not a, not a, uh, not, not a place uh, we want to be because we know how frustrating that was in the, in that realm of mediocrity that was the Panthers a few years ago. So I got a few uh, responses. Uh, One, one of them, Hold on. Gonna first one is from Drewby Do. Uh, say I would say making the playoffs and make a push. Don't necessarily need to go for it all, even though we would we would love it. But just make that push to the Eastern Finals at least, and I'll call it a success. Uh, hold on. Next one. Uh, how much Kachuk? Some might call this treading water, but I think this team improves as the season goes on. No reason they can't build upon last year, which I agree. Second round win. Beyond that is gravy. Uh, Aki said, at all Aki says, minimum is make playoffs. Either lose in round one in a seven-game series or lose in round two. And uh, Neil Bennett at NBACE says, either win a second-round series or beat Tampa in any round. Uh, what The last one that I got here is at MPG Matthew, beating Tampa in the playoffs. So, Jacob. I see a little bit of a trend with the replies. Listen, I I, I think I think Tam- I think Tampa's on Bill Zito's mind a lot. Uh, I I wouldn't doubt if I wouldn't doubt if that's the case. I mean, making it to the Cup final three straight years, winning two of them, losing both years the last two years, and I don't have a reason to believe I have I don't have a reason to believe that they won't meet again. If, if if that comes the case and 
there, there, there might be a section of the fan base saying, oh, if the Florida Panthers get the get the one seed in the Atlantic and it's two and three Toronto and and Tampa Bay again, who would you rather face? My answer is still going to be the same. Uh, on honestly, I, I, I still have the belief of if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And wanting that matchup and finally getting over the hump of Big Brother in, in the Atlantic Division. So I, I would take that over again. And just just the amount of and, – and it's not only just the last two playoff series, but seeing how, how consistently they've been in the dance. They, they made it even rec- as recently prior to their back-to-back championships in 2015 before losing to the Blackhawks. So – they the they went to the Eastern Conference Final the year that Washington won, and the I be, I believe they were also in the Eastern Conference Final the year that the Rangers made it. The, the, um, feel free to correct me on that, but that's right. They're they're always in, and the fact that this team has been all always in, of course, with Tampa Bay's offseason of extending their their players who have helped them win Stanley Cups, there is a chance for that team to, for those contracts to age very poorly for them after after all their winning. I, I I after reading those and seeing beat Tampa, even if you lose in round two, the offseason is gonna be a pretty good wave going into it. If that if that does if that does happen, that's a big if. I agree. And I, I want to point to two things here. Um one, I want to point to Washington and Pittsburgh uh over the past decade. There was a time where Washington could not get over the hump of Pittsburgh in the playoffs. It, it just could not happen. People were questioning Ovechkin's legacy mm-hmm. because he just could not beat Sidney Crosby in the playoffs. And it was a year after year after year affair. They, they just could not do it. And the year, the year that they were expected to do it, they finally had all the talent. They went, they spent big at the trade deadline. Got, I believe Kevin Shattenkirk was the big tra- trade deadline addition that year. And they got him. And they were expected to finally get over the hump and beat Pittsburgh. They lost. They lost that series uh, in a very tight series, and it looked like, you know, it's just never going to happen. The following year, they had a a roster that was much less talented on paper. Uh, You had guys like Brett Connolly filling roles, and and, uh, Justin Williams was gone. Uh, Brett Connolly filled his role. Devontae Smith-Pelly, Andre Barakovsky, Jakob Verana, they were very young players that were asked to step up and and play big minutes. Uh, Tom Wilson wasn't yet established, so... They were playing, they, they took a roster into that postseason that was not expected to beat Pittsburgh. And it was, oh, it's going to be the same thing again. And they finally got over the hump against Pittsburgh and went on to win a cup. I think we're in a situation similar to that. I think we're last year on paper, that was our year. That was the shot. On paper, we had everything we needed to beat Tampa. But this year, I think, is the year that while it's not as flashy, it doesn't necessarily have um, all the talent on paper that, that you would hope to bring into a series against the Lightning. I think this is the year that, that the Panthers can finally get over that hump. And whether we win a cup or not, beating Tampa goes a long, long, long way towards the, the ceiling of this team uh, in the postseason for this year and years going forward, just knowing that they can beat them. And I'll say this, if they do play Tampa in the playoffs and beat them, that that by default will have meant that the Panthers are the first Eastern conference team to knock Tampa out of the playoffs in almost four years. They have not lost in the playoffs to an Eastern conference team in the past three seasons because they've been to the Stanley cup all three seasons. So if the Panthers are the team that finally knocks the the lightning off of the Eastern conference throne, 
that that's just massive for the franchise. And I think that propels them going forward, whether they win a cup this year or not. So I would consider that a success as well. Mm. And I'll, by the way, I was incorrect on that, uh, on the year that the New York Rangers uh, made the Stanley Cup final, they faced the Montreal Canadiens uh, that year right. in the Eastern conference final. It was, it was Tampa Bay making the, Eastern Conference Final in 2016 against the Penguins. Uh, so right. that, that that's another conference final year for 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 the Lightning. And also consider this: there was a four or five year period where the Pittsburgh Penguins, when they were going on their run uh, to playoffs consistently, where they didn't have first round picks neither for a good while neither. So they were all they were mortgaging their future. Of course, we're seeing what it is now with the. Of course, yes, they signed Chris, resigned Chris Letang, they signed resigned Evgeny Malkin. But you would take that for Stanley Cups uh, now, uh, and that and that's where hopefully the Florida Panthers are by the time Kachuk and and Barkov's deal ends. Of course, we're also seeing that with the Chicago Blackhawks with T- Taze and Kane being on the end of their contracts as well. So it this this is we're we're starting to see let it, it's kind of like building a house. You're you're starting to put the bricks little by little. When it when it comes to it, it's not complete, but you're starting to see a little bit of what what is what what Bill Zito is trying to do. It's not complete, of course. The completion would be winning 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 it all, and Commissioner Bettman asking Alexander Barkov to be the first one to to lift lift Lord Stanley's Cup. So that's that's really that's really that's really how how I'm trying to picture it. And hey, th- this is it. Th- there there's a focus on Tampa Bay, of course. They have a really early season matchup on the 21st of October, a Friday night. Uh, I believe it's an ESPN Plus uh, Hulu game. So any, uh, get your subscriptions uh, if you want to watch that game live, if you're not in the area at FLA Live Arena. But yeah, it, it's going to be a good early test. But of course, the, the playoffs is all that's going to matter. And and really facing up against arch rival T- Tampa Bay and just trying to find a way to finally get over that hump, like just like Washington did a, f- a, few, a few years ago. But Jacob, this was another great edition of Wine Ends Wednesday here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. By the time you come back here next week, we will be prepping for the Florida Panthers home opener against the Philadelphia Flyers. They'll already have three games under their belt. So it's crazy to think that we're just a week away from the home opener. So tell everybody where they can follow you online. Definitely. You can follow me online on Twitter at JacobWineEnds8. And, uh, yeah, I will definitely be seeing some of you guys around at the games. Um, and, yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening and watching uh, as we enter another season. This is, this is exciting time, definitely. Uh, we're, we're right there. Tomorrow, tomorrow's the day. Absolutely, and, and definitely something to be excited for. So, Jacob, thank you once again, and I'll see you next Wednesday. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. And if you like what you're hearing, Please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Stu Roden. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On NHL. Locked On experts provide you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Winans. 
and you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. <laughs>